You are listening to Dear Texas Radio, a program of Dear Texas Read and sponsored by Texas Authors Incorporated. If you would like to ask today's guest author a question, please do so on Twitter using the hashtag DearTexasRadio. However, not all questions will be answered during the show. Now sit back and enjoy listening to today's show and learn about a Texas author and their books. This is Grace Allison. Today I have with us author Kimberly Dewberry. Kimberly struggled for 25 years to cope with an addicted parent. Kimberly knows firsthand how the serenity and peace of God's redemption are keys to personal wholeness. She offers solid biblical truths to help transform anyone into the grace of a loving Heavenly Father. Let's welcome Kimberly and her book, Three Weeks to Forgiveness. Hi. Hi, Kimberly. So what was your motivation to carve out uh, this book during your busy time? Oh, my goodness. Well, um, it was actually, it it came organically uh, through my journaling. Um, I I had lost my father, and um, it was, I was going through a very difficult grieving process. Uh, My dad uh, was an alcoholic and a prescription uh, drug abuser, and I had not seen him in about five years. Um, and then he suddenly showed back up in my life again, and uh, only three weeks after that, he passed away from cancer. And so I was grappling with a lot of, uh, a lot of grief, and um, through my journaling, uh, I was able to... Uh, you know, let go of so much of that, and uh, you know, it was, it was really the the Lord prompting me uh, through my journals uh, to write a book that would help other people like me. Um, you know, through my grief, I I thought that I was the only one who was feeling the way I was feeling, and uh, I you know I couldn't figure out why. I repeated the, you know, so many patterns and and made so many horrible choices. I, I just did a lot of reflection during during that grief, and uh, it was in that, um, you know, that God showed up and and said, you know what, I'm going to use you. And I thought, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not the person, you know, to be used to help other people. And uh, he showed me otherwise, and three weeks to forgiveness was was born out of all of that. So, um, what do you think your life would look like if you hadn't gone through the three weeks of pain and grief? Oh goodness, um, I probably would still be stuck. Uh, quite honestly, I would I would probably still be stuck in um, in these patterns that you know I repeated as an adult child of an alcoholic. Um, you know, my dad, he was sober up until the time I was um, 15, and he started drinking again uh, during that, that time. And from that point all the way up until, you know, he died, uh, I, I made a lot of, of bad choices um, as a result of, um, you know, being around an alcoholic and the effect that that has and not really knowing what normal 
meant uh, and what that was. And so um, I, I think if if God had not brought Dad back into my life the way he did um, and had me to, you know, to help take care of him in his in his very weak state, you know, of having cancer um, and going through all of that, having even the closure that I was able to have with him, uh, I don't. I think I would still be making those those bad choices and and repeating those same patterns. Now I understand that because I too come from an addictive uh, alcoholic family background, and one thing I recognized was that children of alcoholics um, have problems with boundaries. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. I do. I do. Yeah, I I had issues with boundaries uh, with myself and boundaries with with others, too. Um, You know, boundaries with myself because uh, I thought that I had to control everything because so much of my life had been out of control. Um, I thought, okay, well, the only way that I can make things, I'm going to put quotation, air quotations that your listeners can't see, but uh, the only way that I can have normalcy in my life is to, you know, be in control. So I I crossed all kinds of boundaries, you know, um, there myself, and then also not having healthy boundaries, uh, you know, in my life. My my husband now, um, he is a recovering alcoholic as well, and I didn't know how to place boundaries with him. Uh, and I wanted to do that in a biblical way after, uh, after you know, I rededicated my life to Christ again. And I was still struggling to try to figure that out. So uh, the Lord helped me, you know, through that. But, um, but yeah, boundaries is, is a huge uh, issue. And that's not easy to do, especially when people are used to you being um, available all the time and um, – perhaps being more needy than necessary. Um, I lost a lot of people around me when I stopped, when I said no. <laughs> it's a or very powerful two yes, words. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've learned um, how to say no. Uh, it, it, and it wasn't easy at first, you know, uh, because you're right. I mean, I'm the oldest uh, of two children, and uh, being the oldest, I, I don't, I kind of had this, self-imposed responsibility that I needed to take care of everybody else and that I like again like I said I needed to be in control of everything and um, yeah I, I said yes to way too much and so as as a result of that I also overloaded my plate and worked too much and so uh, I mean there's just a lot that goes along with that but but no is a powerful word did that did it uh, affect you in ways of your health? I know for me, I, I contracted cervical cancer. What about you? Did you have any health issues? I, I did have health issues. I mean, it, I didn't uh, develop cancer myself, but um, I had uh, other issues that were female related, and I don't I don't know if that's a direct result of um, you know overdoing it or loading up my plate too much uh, because I was afraid to say no. But, I mean, it it could have contributed to that. Um, I know now that I I have moved past uh, that part of my life. Uh, I do feel physically 
100% better than what I used to feel. Um, You know, before I had a lot of depression. Depression um, was a a huge part of my life. Um, And so I guess, you know, that that could be considered, you know, a health effect of, of that. Yes, having a healthy life, uh, creating boundaries, and also mm-hmm. a positive direction in your life can make a big difference. Um, so you talk about resisting God's love because you felt unworthy of love. Can you help mm-hmm. us understand what, what you mean by that? Yeah, uh, that, that's a, it's, a, it's kind of complicated. Um, I know that, you know, for example, when my dad, um, whenever he would get upset with me uh, for some reason, he would, he would shut me out. Uh, he would just uh, give me the cold shoulder, uh, the silent treatment. And um, that affected me deeply um, because I would try to talk to him and he would just ignore me, not just not even say anything. And that was during the time that he was, he was drinking. And, and he loved me very much. Uh, I know that now. Um, but at the time, it was very difficult for me to uh, understand the reason why, he, you know, he was shutting me out like that. And so as a result of that, um, if I didn't, again, air quotations, hear from God, I thought, well, he must, you know, be mad at me too and he must not love me. I equated that silence uh, with a lack of love. So um, in, in my warped teenage mind and, and then even, you know, into my adult years, uh, that feeling of or having that silence developed a feeling of not being worthy of anyone's love. Um, it's a, it's a very strange thing to for me to say out loud, you know, whenever I, I think about that, but but that's the way it is. I mean, I just, I did not feel like I was worthy of anybody's love because I was disappointing. Yes, you couldn't please him enough. You couldn't reach him uh-huh. so that he could respond to your caring. Uh, right. As you reached out, and he, 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 you felt like he shut you out. Right. Right, exactly. And, and actually, after, and actually, it had nothing to do with you. No, had nothing to do with me whatsoever. I mean, it was he had his own demons that he was dealing with. I mean, his addictions, um, you know, consumed him, and that's what addiction does. It consumes the person, uh, and it turns them into someone that they really are not. Um, and uh, but as a result of that, the people around them don't understand, you know, why they're treating them differently. So they naturally um, feel like they've done something wrong, but in fact, they have not. Uh, it's, it's just the addiction and, and what it does to, to someone's personality, uh, and it changes the heart of who they are. Yes, and we have to, and we have to understand that we don't need to walk around on eggshells and uh, trying to be nice all the time because really they can't hear you anyway. <laughs> no, 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 they can't. That's just that's another way of trying to control environment. Um, you know, we don't have control over someone else's uh, choices. We don't have control over someone else's thoughts, responses. We only have control of our own, and 
so many people that are either living with uh, an addicted person now or have grown up, uh, you know, in an addictive household, they feel like they have to control the environment in order to, for everyone to be at peace. And really, we're, we're completely out of control whenever it comes to that. Well, we're going to take a break right now, Kimberly, and uh, we're going to have our sponsors come in, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Okay. Howdy. I'm John Cruder, the Midnight Marauder. I guess you might say that I'm a vigilante who writes the wrongs I see along my many travels to balance the scales of justice especially those of the corrupt and murderous members of the town council of Bandera, Texas. You can follow my many adventures in a series of Midnight Marauder books written by Roy Clinton on Amazon.com and TopWesterns.com. Or, if you prefer, listen to my adventures in audiobook form by downloading them from Audible.com or iTunes. This is R. William James, the voice of the Midnight Marauder. Love to read? Love to meet authors in person? Then check out bookfestival.network to find a book festival in your region of Texas. We are adding book festival events throughout the year, so sign up to get notices and even a coupon towards purchase of a Texas author's book. Sign up at bookfestival.network. Headlines. Cryptocurrency vultures are circling around failing governments. Darknet predators are rushing to market with their newest digital product. They promise economic salvation, even as they coupon clips straight from your digital wallet. The newest techno-thriller installment from Breakfield and Berkey, The Enigma Source. Book 10 of the Enigma series continues the combat of cyber good guys versus cyber thugs set in today's digital landscape. Do you love to read great new ebooks? Visit ebg247.com. Be the first to discover the next bestseller. At EBG247, we have the web's largest selection of great new book reads, from that amazing new fiction or nonfiction to horror, romance, and fantasy. We even have today's best children's books. That's ebg247.com. New books arrive daily, and all ebooks start at just 99 cents. If you love to read, then you'll love EBG247. Com. Low prices, large selection, and an easy-to-use website. It's all only at ebg247.com. Remembrances from the Heart is a compilation book of heartfelt eulogies and poems that honor the deceased and comfort the living. Beautifully illustrated and spiritually written by Christian author Vicki Valen Johnson, who has created an artistry of words that will be healing for those suffering and inspiring to those listening, offering a sensitive message behind each passage. This cherished table book is available worldwide or at a Christian bookstore near you. For more information, please visit RememberancesFromTheHeart.com. You are listening to Dear Texas Radio, a program of Dear Texas Read, and sponsored by Texas Authors Incorporated. If you would like to ask today's guest author a question, please do so on Twitter using the hashtag DearTexasRadio. 
However, not all questions will be answered during the show. Now sit back and enjoy listening to today's show and learn about a Texas author and their books. This is Grace Allison, and we have with us author Kimberly Dewberry. Some of the uh, reviews we've had on Kimberly's book, Three Weeks to Forgiveness, is Kimberly Dewberry is a master storyteller and powerfully shares the pain, turmoil, chaos, guilt, and confusion caused by this horrible disease. Kimberly writes with vulnerability and transparency her lifelong battle of being a child of an alcoholic and addict and how it impacts not only the victim but the entire family. You will laugh, cry, grieve, and celebrate with the author as you read this book. Kimberly, this sounds like a very powerful read. Well, thank you. Um, Before we get into more of the book, um, let's let our listeners know how they can find you and how they can find your book. Why don't you spell your name for us, where they can find you on Twitter and Facebook and um, the different sources for where they can find your book. Sure. Uh, My name is spelled uh, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y, and then my last name is Dewberry, D-E-W-B as in boy, E-R-R-Y. Um, you can find me on Twitter uh, under Dewberry underscore author. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Kimberly Dewberry Author. And then I also have um, a website uh, dedicated to this ministry, and that is www.kimberlydewberry.com. And then Three Weeks of Forgiveness can be found on Amazon. Uh, Barnes and Noble, and then also directly uh, at my publisher's website, Electio Publishing, uh, and that's e l e l e c t i o publishing dot com. That's uh, that's wonderful. We want to make sure everybody knows where they can find this book. Now, I know from experience that a lot of people are afraid to. Talk about alcoholism and addiction. Um, there's a lot of shame involved in this, but there's a lot of healing. And I know that there was a point when you when you were writing this journal that you you said, "Now this has got to stop," and your life had to turn around. And where was that point? Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, that point uh, was, I guess it was about a month after uh, my dad had passed away. And I spent a lot of time in isolation uh, in my grief, which is not a good place to be in. Um, If you're grieving, please, um, you know, see see somebody, seek help. Don't don't go it alone. Um, But I I was spending a lot of time in isolation uh, then, and uh, a light bulb went off for me. And and really, it was through uh, reading of some scripture that I knew that this was not how my life was supposed to be. Uh, at the time, my husband was still um, actively drinking, and uh, like I said, I was miserable in my grief, and I knew, I just I just knew that this is not how life, my life was supposed to be, and I needed to do something about it. And uh, that was whenever I, I made the decision to go and uh, seek a... A Christian therapist, and I found a very good one, and she helped uh, to guide me toward 
a recovery program myself. And uh, so that's whenever I started uh, going to, I started out with Al-Anon. And Al-Anon is a great place to go. Um, Al-Anon is uh, a recovery group for uh, family members and friends that are alcoholics. And after I was in Al-Anon for about a year, I decided that I really needed something that was more Christian-centered. And I found Regeneration, which is at uh, Lake Point Church in Rockwall, and uh, Rockwall, Texas, and that's that's where I started going. And me, my husband, and I both, and we're both there uh, now, uh, doing co-leading and uh, helping with some other amazing um, people. And I understand that you are now um, becoming a counselor yourself. Is that right? Yes, I'm currently in school to be a licensed uh, chemical dependency counselor, Uh, and I also um, do recovery coaching um, at Higher Hopes Counseling in Roy City. Wow, that's really quite a lot. Plus, you have six. You have six children. They're all grown. <laughs> but oh, yes, well, that's yeah, good. Yeah. I was wondering Yeah, about they're all that. grown. <laughs> yeah, they're all grown, out of the house. I don't have to worry about them anymore. So, Well, I still worry about them, but in a different way. Yeah, yeah. Well, why don't you take a, a few minutes and read uh, some of your book to us? Sure. I'd be, I would be glad to. So um, this Part, uh, at the end of each chapter, I have to set it up just a little bit. At the end of each, chap- each chapter, I have a section that's called Where Was God? So uh, in, in the chapter, I take, you, or take the reader through um, different points of my life. And then uh, in the section Where Was God? I show how uh, God was moving even during the difficult, uh, painful times in my life. So that's where um, I'm going to read from uh, today. Uh, God created each of us in his image. Since we have been created in the image of God, we resemble him, but do not have the ability to foresee the results of our choices. He gave us the gift of freedom to choose any path we wish. His desire is for us to choose him. Let's say I'm walking on a safe pedestrian path parallel to a railroad track. I do not know when the train is going to come, but I move from the path beside the track and step up to walk down the middle of the track bed. As I'm walking, I begin to feel the vibration of the approaching train. My sense of feeling warns my brain I should move off the track back to the path intended for me, but I ignore the risk. I continue to walk. The train draws closer, and I hear the horn blast and the sound of the wheels click-clacking against the steel track. My sense of hearing screams at my brain to move, but I ignore it and continue walking. Eventually, the train catches up to me, causing pain and destruction. My poor choices may result in my harm as well as that of others. This is an illustration of free will and Satan's attempt to destroy our lives. We are walking a safe path away from immediate danger, and then suddenly we decide to take a step directly in the midst of chaos. We may feel something in our hearts trying to tell us to get back on the right path, 
but we ignore it and keep moving. The rebellion I acted upon was exactly my choice to step on the tracks, but one God allowed. During that time in my life, every step I took, every direction I turned, I was walking down the twisting, turning railroad tracks. All the while, the train was racing up behind me, blowing its horn for me to change paths quickly. Why did I continue to step in front of the train, resisting the safe path and taking roads that were dangerous or risky? I resisted God's best for me because I thought I wasn't worthy of love from anyone, especially from God. The enemy's lies telling me I was not deserve, I did not deserve real love pounded in my ears Instead of rejecting those lies and turning toward the truth of God's word, I left a path of destruction behind me as I walked away from my first love. I left shattered dreams and broken hearts along the way. Is the train chasing you right now? Can you hear the horn blasting in your ear? Are you running down the middle of the tracks and not quite knowing how to jump to safety? You are not running alone. Wow, that is really powerful. I would agree with you that um, it does sound like a train that's chasing you. And a lot of people are waiting for someone else to rescue them from this. And that's just not possible. No. No, it's not possible. It's up to us, and I said this before, and I think it's worth saying again, It's up to us to realize that these patterns that we are repeating and the the negative choices that we're making that impact not only our lives but um, the lives of those around us and our family as well, that it's up to us to make the choice to talk about it, get it out in the open, um, there is some shame there. I think you mentioned that earlier, Grace, but there is no need for shame. There is only need for healing. And nothing will change if nothing ever changes. And it's so important to get help. I agree. I want to thank uh, you, you with being with us today, Kimberly. Her book, Three Weeks to Forgiveness, God's Redemption in the Dark Places of Addiction, is available on Amazon. And you, her uh, website, Electro uh, Publishing. We want to thank you, Kimberly, for being with us, and good luck. Thank you. I am Grace Allison Blair, an award-winning author, motivational speaker, and modern mystic. I have combined spiritual and psychological principles in my nonfiction self-help books under Grace Allison and fiction books under Grace Blair. Go to modernmysticmedia.com to find Do You Have a Dream? Five Keys to Realize Your Dream and my novel Einstein's Compass, a YA time traveler adventure. Thank you for listening to Dear Texas Radio, where we encourage everyone to drop everything and read a great book by a Texas author. More information about this show or any of our shows from the past years can be found at radio.deartexas.info. 
That's radio.deertexas.info. I'm Randy James, your announcer for Dear Texas Radio. 